0: Welcome, Bent Riders around the world. My name is Gary Solomon, and you're watching the Back Bike Report. Okay, let's, uh, let's move along and talk about this uh, special guest that I promised you today. He's an Australian man who found himself out of a job in 1990. He was looking for an ex- inexpensive personal transportation that he tried, and he tried mountain bikes and recumbent bikes, but he found them both to be lacking in some way. Involved in motor racing for many years, he began to tinker around with improvements, and uh, he, with the first recumbent trike he encountered, and then he designed and built his own trike. He uh, boldly struck out on a 600k organized ride uh, without any training whatsoever. He not only managed to survive the great Victorian bike ride, but found many fellow bikers were interested in his three-wheeled creation. This was the beginning of the trike company we know today as Greenspeed. Bent Riders, live from Melbourne, Australia, please welcome our special guest on today's Laid Back Bike Report, Ian Sims. Hey, Ian. Hi, Gary.
1: Thanks very much. As you can it's imagine, in Australia it's uh, very early in the morning, about 6 o'clock, and um, we're just into the first few days of fall
0: here. Right, everything just seems backwards with you guys, so right, I know it's early Monday morning there where you are, and so thank you very much for uh, taking the time uh, that early in the morning on a Monday morning, uh, we sure appreciate uh, having you here. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ian is actually going to uh, going to grace us with a presentation today, uh, a slideshow presentation, which I'll be assisting him with. And uh, we're going to let him talk, and, uh, and then after his slideshow, we'll go to your questions and uh, let him handle some of those. So let's start out with the slideshow, Ian. What do you have for us today? I started off uh, building
1: my own vehicle in my early 20s, and uh, this was because I wasn't happy with any of the cars that were on the road, so I built my own. So this machine is a space frame construction. It, uh, Has a a mid-engine, transverse engine in front of the rear wheels and um, air suspension and I used this for for many years on on the road but um, that I guess wasn't a a big enough challenge for me. Um, I got interested in sidecar racing. Um, Let's have a look at the next picture. So Sidecar racing to me was something that had a real challenge, because what you have with a sidecar is you have the power is offset to one side, um, and you have a a rider to to keep it uh, on all three wheels. So that was a a good challenge to me because the sidecars at the time were rather awkward machines to handle. You needed to be a really strong rider to um, keep them steered in the right direction. So I designed a center hub steering as you can see. The other thing was that the engines of the day weren't really what you needed. You were allowed up to 1300 cc but um, four-stroke engines had a limited amount of power and I thought well we could use two-stroke engines but there was nothing to that capacity so I joined one three-cylinder 750 and one 500 twin together to give you as you can see five cylinders done so there were five carburettors, five sets of points, five coils, five expansion chains and so on the other very interesting thing I found was that the slicks that they were using had a coefficient of friction of about 1.4 when they were hot yet most of the machines that they were riding wouldn't accept even 1g on the corners before they tipped up so I designed this to take 1.5 G on the corners without it tipping up and the Interesting result was that it um, went round corners in um, fifth gear while others were doing second gear. So we had a lot of fun with that machine. The next um, photo shows it in action at um, one of the races. This was at a international race in Sandown in Victoria. I guess we had a whole crowd around it that weekend and. One of the guys summed it up, he said, I'm looking at it, but I don't believe it.
0: Ian, so I don't suppose you have any ideas about uh, about building a, uh, a tandem trike in this sort of configuration? Uh-huh.
1: Um, well, certainly I've looked at um, building what we would call what is technically known as sociable um, trikes or sociable trikes. Where you have the riders side by side, but I haven't considered really what you would call um, a side car in a, a bicycle sense.
0: I was just I was just thinking of having my wife leaning way out like that on a turn I was making on that trike. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. That's all right.
1: Anyway, um, what happened there was that after a while, the the riders, the um, the guy who was doing the riding beside or bought a house and um, he stopped doing that sort of thing and then I was wondering about um, how I might have fun with my children and um, what happened was that the Electric Vehicle Association had some races and um, their idea of a race was that they would You would build a machine and you were given two car batteries and the guy who did the most laps in two hours was a winner so I decided that was a little bit more interesting so next slide, Um, I built a machine to do that and this was to me again very interesting because I thought well you know the fastest machine would have to be two wheels and um, I built this machine as a two-wheeler to start with and what happened was that if you were sitting up in it you know, you could just balance it but um, lying down forget about it. So it ended up having three wheels and um, the batteries are are at the front and the other interesting thing was that when I first built it, it it didn't have the cone on it but um, the cone was was made out of fiberglass and putting that um, cone on it actually doubled the the efficiency of the race we had some real fun with it because I had my son riding it and the first race that we entered um, he was way ahead of the field but um, with 20 minutes running left the batteries ran out so that was the end of that race and then the next race we did was, um, he lost by one car length and then we discovered that there was 20 minutes left in the battery. So you can imagine for the third race we did we had this little gauge so that you could see when we were using too much or when we weren't using enough. That time we won by seven lengths, seven flaps I should say. So uh, That was good. And the next one shows him in action on the, on the first race that he was, he was doing. So as you can see it, I didn't have suspension because I I reckon that suspension used energy so as you can see it's airborne here. Then um, what happened to me was that I lost my job with a large chemical company. So I decided that it would be more economical to use a, a bike than using my car. And I tried my son's mountain bikes, but um, they just felt too much like hard work because I'd never believed in exercise all my life, and you know, it was just a bit too much. And the other thing was, I didn't feel safe on them. I felt that if I put the brakes on, I'd go over the handlebars. But the book that I bought for doing the Battery cars was a book called Bicycling Science. And it showed a few pictures of some early recumbents. And I thought, oh, that looks a more intelligent way of making a bike. So I decided I'd build one out of a few scraps. So next slide, let's have a look at the first one that I built. As you can see it's um, rather crude, it's um, the seat that I used for it was just a bit of, um, shall we say, material from a deck chair and as you can see it's been riveted on each side but it took me quite a while to learn how to ride it, I felt quite self-conscious falling off in front of the neighbours but my sons took to it very well, and they managed to ride it quite well. So, that inspired me to build another one. Um, next slide. And they found that it was faster than their, their friends' races. And um, then I got talking to a bicycle shop owner who sold me the parts for these bikes and he showed me a road test of a UK three-wheeler I think it was a um, trice and I thought oh I believe I can do better than that as I've been building the sidecars. so I built one for myself and um, all of a sudden, I felt that this was a lot better because I didn't have to balance a damn thing. I could just concentrate on riding. Next slide. So as you can see, that followed the format of the other trikes with the larger back wheel and the 20 inch front wheel. see thing that I'd done differently was that I'd use different type of steering. Um, I designed my own steering with this crossover mechanism and I use what's known as centre point steering so that if you put one brake on then it the doesn't pull to one side or the other like um, the other trikes that were available at the time. In fact I got so excited about this that I decided to do the Great Victorian Bike Ride in 1990. This was a bike ride of 600 kilometres over nine days, and the first thing my wife said to me, Oh, is your life insurance paid up? I'm sure you're going to spend most of the time in a sag wagon. So, anyway, I into this great Victorian bike ride. Next slide. And what really surprised me was the amount of interest I I had in the trike. As you can see, you know, photographers followed me everywhere. The guy that was taking the photographs for the ride um, insisted on photographing me Sunrise, so that you know he could get some publicity shots. Next slide. This next slide has um, faded rather much over the years, but that—that that was a that had glorious colour in it to start with. And what I found was that I could do the whole day's riding by by lunchtime, and um, the people that for test rides were, were most impressed. Um, so next slide. I got rather enthusiastic um, and I made a, a lighter trike with uh, lighter wheels um, and I found that this gave me the opportunity to have a rest during the, the next ride that I did because it was more prone to puncture. So. Um, I didn't have to keep riding all the time but um, one of the very interesting things was that um, a guy from Canberra who'd been building bikes of different types for many years um, did a, a test ride on it for me and he found that to start with it was slower than other bikes but after he'd been riding it for a week or so it was faster That other people said, "Oh, you know, it was too heavy." So my son turned around and built a much lighter machine. You can see on the next slide. Ooh, not that one. Maybe go back one. No, back further. Sorry.
0: That's it. Let me. Is it in here?
1: Is that it? That's it. That's the one. Sorry. That's right. Uh, And as you can see, um, he used 20-inch wheels all around with this machine. Um, And I had the thinking that it was much faster than what I would have expected from, you know, the weight reduction of Rider Plus machine. And we were thinking, oh, you know, those big wheels roll easier, don't they? So how much are we losing by using the small wheels instead of the big wheels? And we tried doing some roll-down tests, but the problem is doing them on a hill or on the road. There's so many variables. We weren't able to get any accurate results. So what I did was I being a, a lab technician in my former life I built a machine to measure the rolling resistance and tested a large number of different tires and different sizes and to my surprise what happened was that the smaller diameter wheels like the sixties or the twenties of the same tire construction the same pressure rolled easier than, than the larger ones which I found quite surprising but anyway next photo I showed these results to a, a Moulton enthusiast and to him it was no surprise and he showed me this paper written by Dr Moulton because but the Moulton had wondered why his bikes with their 17-inch wheels were faster than the standard racing bikes of that time with 27-inch wheels and to eliminate the wind he did some testing in an empty aircraft hangar and he discovered that his 17-inch tyres rolled 6% better than the 27 inch tires of the same construction at the same pressure so that really for us put us on the path of making um, trikes with 20 inch wheels all around next photo so the next trike I designed was what I call a sports tourer this had 20-inch wheels all round and a slightly more laid-back seat, not as far back as a racer. And um, I was quite pleased with this and I thought it would be good to test it against the other trikes of that time which were the wind cheetah and the trice. So I contacted some guys in the UK who had a magazine there. but they were actually putting together a catalogue. They had the idea that as they travelled the world, they'd seen a lot of unusual bikes in countries that often weren't known outside that country. So they thought that if they put all these bikes together in a catalogue, and then that catalogue was distributed to specialised bike shops, the People could buy just from a catalogue. They would look at the catalogue um, and see what they liked and then just ask that bike shop to get it in. So I sent them the, the trike to road test. This is the magazine. Next slide. It's called the Encyclopedia. And um, they were very impressed with the, with the trike. Um, In fact, there was a a funny story that um, the guy that was making the wind cheater, Mike Burrows, um, saw it and he said to the guy that was riding it, oh, you know, having individual brakes is absolutely stupid. You know, you won't get it to brake properly. So the guy got up some speed, put up one arm in the air, locked up the other brake with the other hand, and the thing continued in a straight line. So, next picture. What happened after that was that we had this couple come to us who were going to ride their trikes right the way around Australia, and um, we were wondering just which one to give them the one that had the 26 inch back wheel or the one that had the 20 inch rear wheel and um, we seemed to think that you know the 26 inch rear wheel would give a better ride so we gave them both trikes and um, they tested them for two weeks over all sorts of roads and um, when they came back they said oh we we like the, the 20 inch rear wheel much better so that's what they got. They got two trikes, as you can see, with 20-inch rear wheels and they expected to take two years to ride right around Australia but um, they went right round in 14 months and did 14,000 kilometres.
0: A, so, a testimony to the smaller wheel, I guess. I
1: guess. Yeah, I think so, um, because what they found was that they came across a number of people riding ordinary bikes and there were stories of broken wheels and broken frames yet on that trip right round they never even had to touch a spoke so the the wheels and the, the trikes held up a lot better than expected the other thing that surprised them so was aware of the components because they said most people were replacing their tra- whole transmissions halfway round, yet they went the full distance. Um, at that time I was using 60 tooth or no more, I think 65 tooth um, large rings because to, to get the gearing high enough and interestingly enough we used a a 52 as a as a low ring, and they must have used that low ring about more 10% of the time. But that was well worn. Yet the big one that they were using, which was a, a special ring, w- was okay. And also that the chain was still okay after that length of time. And I think this is because obviously the chain's going around along a longer path so each link seems sees less wear plus with a smaller wheel what you've got you've got less torque less torque on the hub, so less stress I think on on the chain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay let's move on to the next one. So that inspired me to build trikes then mainly for touring so this was what we called GTR Built for touring, and as you can see, 20-inch wheels all round, and um, a size that a common BMX size, 20 by 1.75. And this trike really, I, I think, put us on on the map. Right. Um, next slide. We um, sent one over to. Bob Bryant to um, road test for RCN and received a a glowing report about that so I think that's what really started us the ball rolling for us and Bob was really impressed with the steering on this trike he said that you know this puts trikes on the map but he seemed to think that you know trikes would still only be a small proportion of the market yet i found that um, people that came to us looking for a recumbent you know were expecting a bike as that was a norm overseas there were far more bikes around than trikes yet even in those early days I was selling ten times as many three-wheelers as two-wheelers and um, so it's interesting to see you know the, the bikes versus the trikes next one I started off building the trikes in my home garage, but before too long I just couldn't get enough um, space in there to, to build enough. So I started leasing a factory, and after a while we, we didn't have enough space in there, so we, we built a mezzanine floor above this space to give us a more space. Next one. The other thing that happened was that um, a guy from the US contacted me, Steve Smilanek, who was making S& s couplings, he'd made them so that he could take a, a bike to Europe, so he could, in a suitcase, so he could continue his training while he visited his, his mother in Europe. And um, I looked at them and I thought, oh, you know, these aren't suitable. They're claimed not to be suitable for mono frame design. So I didn't bother to contact him, but he contacted me. He said, um, you know, I think these would be all right for, for your trikes. So I said, oh, yes, send us some over. So I built... One for him, and um, he invited me over to Interbike to um, help him understand, and that's where we started um, making s and coupled trikes. Next photo. So these torque couplings are enabled a frame to be separated into two pieces, and. Um, This enabled the trike to be packed down into two suitcases. Next slide. So as you can see, the the frames and the wheels are in in one case and the the seat was was in another case. These were quite popular and and we, we made quite a lot of these machines. Next one. this is another interesting side story to the to the whole green speed effort and I think this is one that's probably not very well known this is what's known as pedal pre racing this started about the same time as we started in Australia in 1990 um, to me it's a most interesting exercise because what it is it you have a team of students, parents and teachers and the whole aim is to build what we call a human powered vehicle and then race it for 24 hours so what the students learn from this is how to communicate and from this point of view they have been sought after from industry simply because of you know their communication skills from working as a team and what our involvement in this has been basically helping the schools some schools only need parts some need plans some need kits depending upon the facilities and the expertise within the schools Um, this picture here was taken a few years ago it it shows um... one of the trikes that has been built by the schools but with our um, frames winning the race this was quite an interesting thing from a design perspective because How how are we going for time? We're half an hour up, okay. So what happened here was that a school came to me, and it was a private school, sorry, a primary school, I should say, and they wanted us to sponsor them. And I said, oh, well, that's not really good because it would be a conflict of interest in the schools that are, you know, paying for their bits and pieces. But I said, I have an idea. And um, I will build a trike for you, but I cannot guarantee what sort of um, success you will have with it, because this is a new idea. And my idea for this was to have a rear wheel steer. And everybody knows that rear wheel steer things just don't work. You get up to a certain speed and they will chuck you off. But um, I'd seen designs and I'd talked to people that had done it, so I was sure that I I could do it. The whole idea, from this point of view of racing, was that because the wheel, the front wheels didn't turn, this meant that you could have them stationary, and this meant that you could have a much closer body. So you you're reducing your your frontal area, and you can bring the whole track in because the wheels also aren't going to interfere with the with the passenger. So anyway I built the first prototype and they, they tested it down the hill they, they had a girl um, riding it, it wasn't enclosed, it was just a bare frame And of course she, she rolled it and lost a lot of skin but wasn't at all deterred and um, so I made a few changes to the steering and the next time they brought it back to me and they, they showed me the reading on the cycle computer and it was showing 72 kilometres an hour So at that point, we decided it was stable enough for racing. But the other interesting thing was that the school was still a little bit nervous, and they decided to have a conventional trike built as well and to race two of them. So I built them a trike out of Reynolds um, tubing. Uh, Reynolds, I think, I can't remember the number of the tubing now, but anyway, I think it was 853 you might know it's an air hardening steel so when it's welded it actually becomes stronger rather than weaker and the weight of the frame was two and a half kilos so they had two machines to to race with and this was the first time the school had entered this race I should say it's a big race you might have seen by the crowds that um, you have about 200 teams competing you have about 15,000 spectators, so you can imagine the size of the race. Now, remember, this was the first time this school had competed. And anyway, once the race gets underway, I can see that they're, they're coming first. But the scoreboard's only showing them running 10th. And I think, oh, this is wrong, you know, the, the manager, his name was King. I thought, oh, Kingy will have, you know, parents with stopwatches uh, timing them. But no, he didn't. He had two computers set up in the tent, and these computers were timing every lap. So he was able to go and, you know, complain about it. And the whole thing was that the official timing system had been set up so that it discarded any lap that was 30 seconds under the lap record
0: <laughs> that's not fair <laughs>
1: that's right so anyway he got everything corrected and, and they they finished one two so they were happy with that
0: very good so
1: that's uh, pedal tree racing for you okay if there's something like that happening in in your country i, I reckon it, it's something that you know that the children benefit the most from that and the, the thing has been growing ever since its inception in 1990 and probably still growing today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let's have a look at the next one.
0: I think I skipped one, there you go.
1: Yeah, this this is an example of, of one of the, the trikes that the schools have, have built. This is this would have been using one of our, our GTS frames, the first sports strikes we built with a 20-inch wheel, but they have built their, their own fairing for this. And this fairing's actually been built out of um, aluminium honeycomb. That one um, won, its, won its class. There was another school that used uh, the same chassis, and um, it was very interesting that, they got a boat builder to build the lightest um, frame that they could or the lightest fairing but um, they put an unexperienced girl in for the first lap which was a big mistake and she rolled it and it was a mess <laughs> so I helped them stick it back up with duct tape but the next time what they did was that they got the same boat builder to build a fairing but this time it was made out of a carbon fibre sandwich with half-inch Nomex in between it. And in the race, they rolled it three times. The third time, it came up against what we call the Lego blocks. And the manager said it went up about six feet in the air, came down sideways on the curb. And he said, all I did, I pulled the kid out, stuffed another one in and pushed it off, and they still won
0: Most replaceable part of the entire operation is the kid,
1: right? No problem. <laughs> yeah, they have up to they have teams of usually about six or up to eight um, kids riding. So yeah, it's great fun. I, I should show you a video sometime. One of the interesting things is that usually underneath the the trikes, on sometimes on the floor underneath, they have written "quick." turn me up because sometimes they roll them and they're (laughs) stuck on their side they're waiting for people to come and turn them up the right way (laughs) this one here is um, a trike which I built um, mainly for myself it it had an electric motor in the back and as you can see a a array of solar cells but the schools were doing these solar races, solar cycle races from Adelaide no, from, sorry, from Alice Springs to Adelaide, so that's quite some distance and um, this particular school contacted me, they said, you know we want to do the race, will you sponsor us, will you lend us a machine? and I said, well, you give me a good reason why I should and um, so they put in a submission which looked pretty good so I loaned them the machine and um, they won, in fact they were so happy they bought the trike (laughs) Next one Now this is another vehicle that was used for for the solar racing, this was again a a sports uh, tourer frame with a fairing that was built by um, a guy called um, Don Elliott. And uh, again, we were successful racing with with that machine. So, if we could go back now to those first... um, The other the other fellows? That we saw, yeah, with yeah, the velows, those first two two velos. I'm sorry this jumps about a little bit, but it's very hard to um, yeah before that. This one. Yeah, the one
0: right, right, there, right, there. The one right, right there.
1: Yeah. This was the very first um velo, if you like, that I built. This was built for the energy challenge. This is what this is what got me really excited about Velos because I built this nose cone just from, yeah, I, I built this myself. I made the mould, the whole thing. But um, what was interesting to me was that this was put on the previous trike that you saw, a very old trike with a large back wheel. And we did a rolling test. We've got a big hill not very far from we, from where we live called Wheeler's Hill. It's a big, very long hill. It sort of goes over a a rift, um, an earthquake rift. Mm -hmm. And rolling the bear trike down this hill, the trike reached 45 kilometers an hour. But this one here with this bearing reached 69 kilometers an hour. In fact, I was so excited about that, I entered this trike in the energy challenge up in um, New South Wales went from Sydney and the NRMA, the New South Wales motoring organisation were very interested and they wanted to know how much power this thing consumed so they were going to tow it around in the empty exhibition hall and the guy had this spring balance which I think read 0 to 100 kilos and I said well if the needle moves off the stop in that I'll cry, go and get a smaller one so anyway he comes up with a 0 to 0 a 0 to 10 K balance and um, he tried towing the trike around in this empty exhibition hall and as soon as the rope came taut the, taut, the um, the trike overtook the car so he ended up towing it on a level road outside at 60 kilometres an hour the bear trike pulled six kilos this thing pulled one kilo Wow so that got me so excited I gave Don the, um, the commission if you like build a trike, just a build a velo basically. the His brief was that it should look like a million dollars and it should only weigh 10 kilos. So that's the next slide. So I was most impressed by the looks of it. To me it looked fantastic. But there were two slight problems, one was that he'd built it for a 900 track vehicle instead of a 900 width, so it was a metre wide rather than 900 wide. The other problem was that it weighed, the the fairing itself weighed 20 kilos and I found that just day to day travel, it wasn't any faster (coughs) than a bare So we didn't really do very much for that okay perhaps we can move on to where we were before if we can find that
0: yeah hang on a second I think we've got a little problem with the slides oh uh, hang on a second there there we go are you seeing the slides everyone with, no? with the um. okay no, let's not you're not seeing it Lars. no yeah okay well, everybody else is seeing it I don't all right, let's move along. Let's go this yeah. way.
1: One at a time. Um, yeah.
0: Right there, I think. Is that where we were?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was our, our factory. We we got fairly busy in there, as as you can see. Um, okay, move on. But. Um, I really needed to um, expand because what was happening was that we were getting competition you know from overseas and I also wanted to do something else Um, so let's just skip over these next two sorry this has got a bit disjointed Um, keep going okay so this trike probably is our next development because what i discovered was that while the touring trikes were selling quite well there was a, a market for another type of trike because i found especially in the us what a lot of people were doing were putting their bike on on their car driving somewhere where they like to ride, ride around in a few circles and then ride home. Not the sort of thing that I could ever do myself. I use my trike for transport and exercise, but I could never, ever come at exercise for exercise's sake. Um, So the idea was that to build a trike that you could fold up and put in the boot of a car. Um, So we can see from the next few photographs here that um, how that worked. So what it is is there's a hinge in the center of the frame the seat pops off and then the back wheel folds over so that it goes down between the, the cranks. And then the idea was that I would have these made overseas to bring the price down to, you know, a price for someone that would only use a trike occasionally rather than the touring trikes or the commuting trikes that, you know, were designed for, for extensive use. So the idea was to have these made in Taiwan. And that's um, where the other photographs come in. So if we just hop back to those, sorry to Here's jump no around. Problem.
0: Right here, is but that right? Okay.
1: This this one here. This is a a factory in Taiwan, one of the biggest factories. But the interesting thing is that these guys only work in aluminium, and as you can see. What they're doing here is is they're making birdies, the like folding trike, uh, the German folding trike and as you can see they have a fair amount of production with it so early on I got them to make an aluminium tripe for me but I wasn't happy with it 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 was heavier than the chrome molly ones and it wasn't as strong so I didn't pursue that so what I did next one I decided to continue what we were doing and getting them made in chrome molly and I chose this particular factory and they only work in steel and they only make steel frames. As you can see these are BMX frames but their welding is is the best that you'll ever come across and the reason for this is as you can see the setup there they've got at least four welding bays there so the frames start off at the far end and each welder only does two or three welds on the frame and then he passes it on to the next guy so they get really practiced at doing one or two welds on the machine. Okay let's move on Yes but I wanted to make sure every step of the road that everything was okay and first of all I just got them to make the cr- crank extensions at the front that hold the cranks and um, I got them to make a sample and that was beautiful so I got them to do a run and lo and behold e- even the production was as good as a sample but before I got them to do frames I, I tested the cross-members and although this has got a frame in it here this is the method I use for testing the cross-members and as you can see, this device will allow you to test something to destruction. So what I found was that although the steel they were using was exactly the same specification as what we were using, it was, 30 time, it was 30% weaker. And the reason for this was that the steel we were buying was US steel. And the guys in the U.S. making it were making it 30% stronger than the spec. So the guys in Taiwan were making it just right on the line. So, but that was no problem. We just went up one gauge and the wall thickness and everything was okay. Okay, next. Okay. Let's move on again.
0: Okay. Okay
1: again. yeah, The GT3s use 16-inch wheels and there were a couple of reasons for that. One was to make the trike smaller than what you could with a 20-inch wheel and the other thing we found that was very interesting was that when we started making trikes for the American market the guys were usually larger than the average Australian male so we went up half the size in the frames but when we started making them for women in the US we found it was the converse and there were a lot of small women in the US so we, made a, we scaled down the whole trike so that it was still in proportion and used 16 inch wheels and strangely enough we found there was a definite performance advantage with 16 so that's why we selected 16s for our folders and as you can see you can stick two of them in the back of a small hatch so probably still the smallest folder on the market. Next one. The other thing was that we took the um, the GT3, the first folders we made to Interbike. Here you can see an Interbike stand that my son set up, divided into four sections. So there was racing, touring, sports and, and commuting trikes. And Interbike has an exhibition in the desert as well as this. They have a big setup in the desert so that people can ride the trikes in the desert. So this is their tryout day and everybody is invited to ride the trikes in the desert. And They have all sorts of tracks set up there, like a mountain bike track, a BMX track, a road bike track, and when we got the trikes back from the demo day, we found that the frame of the GT3 was bent at the back, and we thought, oh, that's strange, oh well, we'll just strengthen it up a bit there, no worries, but a couple of weeks later, we discovered why it got bent. Next photo. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they were using it on the demo track and BMX track and doing the jumps.
0: Not something you probably would have anticipated, would have anticipated them
1: doing. I would have never anticipated them using it on the on the um the MX track but what we find is that customers do something with our trikes that you wouldn't dream of in your worst nightmares (laughs) so yeah they they got strengthened up but we we don't advise you know customers doing this and this trike here is um, one of our early racing trikes and um, I remember taking this to to Europe with me one time and um, coming back from Europe I was um, waiting in a a US airport for the the plane, I can't quite remember which airport it it was but anyway um, as I was waiting in the airport you know. Normally, I would get the trikes through the um, oversized baggage handling, but I was thinking to myself, hmm, that racing trike would probably be small enough to go down that um, normal carousel. The next minute, there it was on the carousel. So that inspired me to make the next one, which is um, what I called uh, the GTX. So the GTX was designed just simply for um, aircraft travel. In other words, next one, so that you can um, travel with it on a plane without having to fold it up or anything like that. Can we have the next
0: slide? Yeah, I've changed it. It's oh, I'm not sure why it's so slow. I have a little issue with it. Sorry, guys well Ian let's um, you know what we probably need to move along a little bit anyways there it finally popped up Um, go ahead yeah
1: this is GTX so this has got a 25 degree seat rather than the 20 for the racing so this was just simply designed for aircraft travel but um, next slide this is a pure racing trike, so this is designed just simply for racing and this has probably been the top pedal pre-racer for about 10 years now and this is the type of fairing that's used for, for that particular trike. Next one. This is the Glide. This was what we built for a few years but Quite frankly, um, although it performed quite well, it was just too expensive to make. It had a had full suspension both ends, space frame chassis, but I found that the guy I had working for me took two weeks just to assemble it, so in the end we just had to pull the plug on those. I think one day we'll get back into Velomobiles, well that'll be a little while off. And, I'll have to find a a better design, I think, and a design that can be more easily produced. Next one. Yeah, this was showing it at Interbike. We had a lot of interest and, you know, could have built quite a lot of them. This is our um, X5. This is a folding sports trike. Um, I tried to put those through Taiwan, but uh, I, I never got them right so I I gave up on that one. We've, We've just been producing them in small numbers that's all. This one probably is worth a few comments because I found a lot of disabled people couldn't get down into the low trikes so the idea was to put the seat higher and to put the seat closer to the balancing wheels which involved turning the format around this also gave some structure out in front of you so that you know some people that were timid in traffic would probably feel more comfortable on this and having a more upright seat also meant that there's more weight on your backside so that's why we've got three inches of foam in that rather than the other seats plus of course the seat is adjustable but one interesting thing of this format is that um, I put a differential in it as standard equipment rather than just driving one back wheel which is the norm for deltas. This means that you've got three quarters of your weight on the driving wheels instead of just one third as you have with a normal tadpole trike. So this certainly has some advantages for some people. Uh, we've fitted disc wheels all around to this, oh yes, and it parks vertically. <laughs>
0: Okay,
1: that's the tallest track, track I've ever track seen. I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on, fellas. Yeah, this in 2010, I toured the states from coast to coast, visiting about 20 dealers and talking to um, hundreds of customers, and um, trying to find out what the real requirements for the U.S. were and um, in two shops I had the same scenario A guy walked in he said he was a really big guy he said you know I want a trike I'm not concerned about the cost what have you got so you know tried sitting him in one of these but no way could he get in and out of them so that inspired me to to build something else next one So, this trike here was built um, for the large American guy um, and it was designed to take people up to 400 pounds and um, these prototypes were, were built in, in Molly. and as you can see from this and the next slide, the seat was designed so it could be adjusted both in height and in recline. So what this means is that someone who is overweight can easily get in and out of it, but once they lose weight then they can lower the seat and take advantage of the better road holding that you get with the lower seat. Uh, one of the things that I do with my prototypes is I get people to test them this is a disabled guy um, riding I forget from where but up to the base camp at Mount Everest and um, if the trike can survive that then it's fit for production so what I did did next was to um, Take one of those chrome molly trikes to my guys in Taiwan, and we went over every single chew with the trike and translated it into aluminium so that although you've got a trike capable of taking 400 pounds, it, it's quite light. So that was me testing it in Taiwan there, and I found it was just as stiff as the, the chrome molly one. No stiffer. In other words, the um, the amount of flex was just the same. So you you got a, a good ride from the frame, and the ride is further enhanced by putting fat tires on it, so that the trike's suitable both for off-road use and for road use. Because these tires have a wide pressure range, you can pump them up hard enough for the road, or you can let them down, you know, softer for better traction and in the dirt. Um, And this trike is extremely versatile. Next photograph. You can put quite a large person on it. And you can fit a smaller person without any problem. Next one. The other thing that I did was to test the trikes in a wind tunnel. This is a, a wind tunnel at one of the universities here. This tunnel was built using a fan from a mine. The fan was so big that when they first turned it on it blacked out a whole suburb. <laughs> um, so this is running the, the glider 80 clicks. Next one. So this is A very interesting comparison it shows the the amount of drag with with different trikes you can see the Magnum right at the top with the seat high drop the seat down and, and you gain speed and one of the most interesting things about that graph I found was that just simply putting the wheel covers on say the glide made a big difference because the other thing I found when I toured the states was that there was a lot of people that had both a bike and a trike if they were going for a short ride they would use a bike because it was faster but if they were going for a longer ride they'd use a trike because it was more relaxing to ride so that that made me think about building another trike so this is the first prototype this is my SLX which I use for my daily commute. That was my first effort at building a trike that was faster than a bike, but um, still wasn't there. Um, So I kept working on this. For instance, I found the drum brakes gave less drag than the disc brakes, so I changed over to using um, drum brakes. I also reclined the seat more. Um, lowered the trike, um, changed the steering. So this is the result. This is probably just as about as far, I think, as I, I need to go. This uses the disc wheels, which, um, or the covered wheels, that significantly reduce the drag. Even the cross-members an aero section, which makes um, a difference. So this is the trike that we're currently working on. Um, and at the moment, the frames should be being made right now. So hopefully, maybe by the summer, we will have them in production. This one is the, the next strike after that, which, again, we're, we're hoping to get into production for this summer. I presented this at the last show that we went to at um, the recumbent cycle con, and I had four people come up to me after riding this and said that it was the best trike that they'd ridden. I think that having the rectangular main tube increases the stiffness significantly. The other thing we've been playing with is electric assistance. in fact we've been doing that for 20 years but I've yet to come across a system that's a hundred percent reliable um, this has about 800 watts of, of power and will move you along without any problems no matter what weight you are I think that's about
0: it is it guys I think that's I the think last one so okay thank you Ian thank, thank, you, Ian. You, very Ian. thank you very much I'm going to um, mute you for a second here, Ian, because I think we got a little bit of a little bit echo from you. So unmute yourself if I ask you a question, okay? Um, Okay, we do have a few questions uh, that we've been sent uh, for Ian. Uh, Ian, do you see how to how to to unmute yourself there on the screen? Go to the top of the screen there, and and uh, you will just hit the unmute button. so here's one from uh, Bent Rider. it's Mean Uncle Bob who asks, uh, he says, Good morning, Mr. Sims. One of the things that continues to surprise me about the modern recumbent world is the accessibility of so many designer, creators, and manufacturers. So I think what he's driving at, uh, Ian, is, you know, how have things changed? You've been doing this for a long time. Now you have uh, all the social media, you're doing this interview with us today. Things have changed quite a bit since you started, uh, since you started manufacturing trikes. How has that affected uh, the way you look at the business and how you um, and, and how you do your business
1: yes what 's happened is that over the period of time things have slowly changed, like when I started it was um, mainly brochures that we were doing, plus there was uh, the website i mean obviously today i 'm talking to you, and I can do it easily and this was unheard of from when we started, so I guess that's an advance. I mean, I like things to be transparent. I mean, I think people should be as open as possible, and I think that helps. But um, certainly, social media is something that I have not got to grips with. I've got a new person doing a new website, and they're into social media, so things may change, but who knows?
0: Okay. Uh,
1: Ian, the one thing I want to say is that I did buy both of those trikes at the Recumbent Con, and I love both of them, and the first chance you get, I want to review either or both of them, Uh, so make sure you send them to me and not to Brian, how's that? (laughs) Okay,
0: I've certainly got you in, in mind, Larry. Ian Sims, thank you so much for uh, joining us today uh, on that wonderful presentation. Uh, I learned a lot. I'm sure everyone else did too. Thank you, though, for uh, for helping us out today and, uh, and and giving us such a wonderful presentation. Thanks, Ian.
1: Okay. Thank you, Gary.